0: Do you have clarity that the metrics that you're reporting on, the expectations that you're setting for yourself around these metrics, you can track with a level of confidence that the numbers that people see, the metrics that you see in sharing with others, they're real.
1: As a sales professional, where are you not seeing the results you wanna see? How are you tracking your progress towards those outcomes? In the journey to high performance, you need to have a scoreboard. Without it, we have no idea what's working or not working and how we need to make adjustments for better results. In this episode, Pam and I dip a toe into the uncomfortable conversation around metrics. You'll learn why they're so important, why we might not like them, and why you need to pay close attention to what you're not measuring. Let's jump in. I'm Kylie Schmitz.
0: I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a non-conformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects.
1: All right, Pam, we've got a big topic today, (laughs) okay? (laughs) And I recently spoke with a group of executive leaders, and one common theme that kept coming up is metrics. What do we measure? How do we measure? Why is it important to measure metrics? So you either love and thrive
0: on metrics or you're running as far as you can from metrics. And metrics give us focus. They do give us the ability to make better decisions. They give us insight on whether our process are working it or not. I think it it indicates a level of commitment to the role that you play within an organization. But I understand why sometimes it's a, it's a hard topic. The value of metrics sometimes can be unknown if we're not putting time and energy and understanding what metrics need to be evaluated and why. I think metrics give us a really good look into maybe what we don't wanna see, which is our success or the reason maybe we're not succeeding in something. It is funny how there's these two extremes when it comes to the conversation around metrics. I you either love them or you hate them.
1: Yeah. And I think it depends on circumstances because there's times where I love metrics and I want to see the scoreboard. And then there's other times where I'm like, "Eh, I don't really need to know how I'm doing or track my progress. That's that
0: not so fun side of metrics, but probably tells you that those are the ones
1: I should be measuring. If I'm running from them, they probably are meaningful to me. Absolutely. So- With the organizations that you've coached, there's probably a varying degree of what companies are measuring and the depth. What happens when that tracking and the scoreboard isn't in place? We coach a lot of sales-focused companies. And in sales, the biggest
0: metric that counts is revenue. And A lot of sales folks are very wired to be results-oriented, where they go straight to that revenue. A lot of us are just not detail-oriented. We don't need to really understand what's happening as long as the result is there. And I agree. Ultimately, that measure is the result. But the problem is when you don't have those metrics in place, those leading indicators, there's too many ebbs and flows. I can't give you good concrete reasons as to what allowed me to either produce at this level or not produce at this level. When I see clients that aren't, that aren't tracking anything other than that revenue number, I feel it's scary because there's too much uncertainty of how success is being achieved within an organization. And that is something that I wouldn't be comfortable with if I was leading an organization, not having a good grasp on how we're getting those numbers. And and I have to say, I absolutely used to think, well, as long as I'm getting the number, why does anybody care? But there's, there's such a bigger picture to it. And especially now as businesses are evolving and we're learning that different things factor in to our success or not our success, I think metrics are becoming more and more and more valuable. But that can get a little bit tricky. We don't want to overcomplicate it because Lord knows most of us, if we start overcomplicating it, we're going to bail quickly. But we also have to be very real about what those metrics are that tell each and every
1: one of us that we're, we're headed on a good path. You mentioned leading indicators. When we think about the leading indicators that we should be looking at, what comes to mind?
0: I think there's always an evolution when it comes to metrics, and there's going to be certain metrics that apply based on your tenure and your experience within an organization, your past experiences, what you've measured before. But I think every organization needs to, at least within the life cycle of how they sell, needs to identify what are those metrics that tell us there's a confidence that we're moving in the right direction. So for example, for, for the organizations we coach, new business conversations with people I've never met before. And these conversations are intended to figure out how and if we can help. I understand that sometimes these things default to meet and greets, but the meet and greets, the COI meetings, those are great but it's probably not a healthy metric that tells us whether or not we're actually having business conversations that have the the potential to move forward. So that first marker for me is always, am I meeting with enough folks that I've never met with before where the intent is to learn more to see how and if we can help? And, you know, no assumptions, but that would be the intent of us meeting. So that new meeting marker for me is important. And then I call it active conversations. These are the folks where the conversation from their lens, they wanna keep talking. When you say there, you're saying the prospect's lens. Thank you. The prospect wants to keep talking and there's valid reasons for that. It's not me as the salesperson trying to advance the conversation. So those active conversations are how many of these companies want to keep talking. And I like to separate the actives from the short-term pipe because it gives us clarity on how many folks are at the decision point versus how many folks are still working towards a potential decision. And if I'm a salesperson managing my business, I think it's important for me to understand where that separation comes from.
1: So let's say you're brand new to sales and we're not getting the, the new business conversations on the books just yet. What would we be looking at that may be different than than some of the metrics that you just mentioned?
0: Activity. I think then we have to go back to activity. And I think we've got to look at the activity from the warm space and the cold space. And I know, I know, right? These sometimes can be yucky words, just depending on your lens. But I think at the beginning we we have to be concerned with what is my activity? Why is it my activity? I see a lot of of new professionals spending time in places that probably isn't going to yield the type of activity they need in the first couple of years to successfully launch, start launching that result, that revenue. So being very specific about that activity. How am I spending my time? What am I spending it on? Why? Is my activity in the right places? Do I have somebody who's helping me figure that out? you know to your point about learning from people who have been in the business i can't tell you when i was new in sales i guarantee you i probably wasn't looking at my prospecting the right way and so having someone to just make sure are these the appropriate places to be generating activity or are you kind of trying to operate in a comfort zone fooling yourself that this activity is going to be the right activity that starts to produce those results a couple of years from now so Being very specific about those activity metrics is important when you're new. I can tell you too, I know it's a weird metric, but how I'm measuring my time, I think when we're new, at least from my lens, it's starting to become more important when we have all this time you know, we're new in a role and there's really no expectation on revenue yet. And the expectation is on activity and getting myself out there and developing a brand for myself and meeting with folks and kind of learning potentially a vertical. There's all this time. And I don't think as a new producer, as a new sales, as a new business development person, probably not using it appropriately. And so it's funny how I feel like a metric tied to time when you're newer in a company is probably more valuable than we imagine. Because now all of a sudden, six months go by and it's like, what what have I been doing with my time? So that's another one that I'm working on with my clients is how can we maybe define a time-bound metric to a newer person in their
1: role? Well, and I even think with experienced sales professionals... There's a lot of times where we get into some habits and some of those habits are great, some of them not so great, and we can waste a lot of time doing things that we've just done the same way for so long. Well, and that's why too,
0: no matter how senior, how long you've been doing something, you have to define some key metrics. I think as a tenured salesperson, it can be easier to get off track quicker When we stop looking at metrics. And my mindset absolutely was I'll get to a point where I don't have to track anymore because I'll know what I need to do to produce that result. So I agree. And, you know, we talked about this the evolution of going from looking at activity to new conversations, to active conversations, to my short term pipeline. I'm starting with some of my groups. As you evolve, we know you can get business conversations now. You understand the value of that. We can drop that metric. But now we're going to really hone in on a couple. And those are going to be the key indicators moving forward. So I feel like no matter how long you've been in business, you've got to have that healthy look at metrics. And again, it doesn't have to be 19 or 20. Kylie, you and I both coach. There's four, usually four to five main metrics that we want our clients to be focused on. And I got to tell you if if I'm really looking to be successful over time consistently, not ride the ebbs and flows of business, I'm going to push back if somebody's not tracking those metrics with a level of confidence. I want you to know. <laughs> I want I don't want there to be guessing. Well, I think it's this. I'm pretty sure it's this. What are your metrics? And you should know those like the back of your hand at some point in time.
1: I think another important point that you made that I think is worth emphasizing. The pipeline that we're talking about, the new business meetings, the active conversations, short-term pipe, those are metrics coming from the prospect's perspective, not our own definitions of where they are in our sales process. So The reason I think this is important is because So often, we only look at the sales process from our own seat, our own lens, and whether or not we have given a demo or presented our our PowerPoint or presentation proposal, and we leave them to do a lot of the hard thinking on their own, and we're not privy to a lot of those conversations. And so the reason why we track the pipeline from the prospect's perspective is because We want to be real with ourselves and align what we're tracking with reality in how our prospects are thinking about making change decisions. Absolutely. And when we talk
0: about the prospect's point of view, that's why we encourage in conversations like, if I'm talking to you as a prospect, so Kylie, this is where it sounds like you may be right now in your process. Is that a fair assessment? Do you disagree with that? Does this seem like a logical place that you would want to go next within this conversation based on what you're sharing here? And it does. It gives me clarity that, okay, I know exactly where Kylie is. And so when I report my metrics, I am doing it from Kylie's point of view.
1: Well, and I know when I was in a previous sales role, every stage of the pipeline was based on our position, what we had done or not done yet. And the challenge with this is it has nothing to do with where the prospect is in their thought process. Yeah, we may have given them a proposal, but they could have just been entertaining us and have no intention whatsoever of making a change. And so the challenge with that is that we're going to have a pipeline full of prospects that are going nowhere.
0: And that's why I love the separation between an active conversation, and folks that are truly at the point of making a decision. You know, you have this experience too with your clients. It's amazing to me sometimes how we'll define a short-term pipeline 90 days. And now it's like, well, hold on what happened here? I don't know. I mean, we gave a proposal. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure what happened. And it's like, yeah, but the proposal was, was a learning phase for them. It it wasn't, it wasn't an impact conversation. It wasn't a risk conversation. It was very, very early on. Yet we had them in our short-term pipeline because our definition, sure, they can, they can make a decision by this time. So it is funny. And that's why I've gotten more bullish on that separation between actives and short-term pipeline Absolutely, let's have those active conversations. Your prospects are a little bit earlier in the process. We're trying to help them define the conversations that allow them to decide if this is a decision they want to make. But when we start lumping in everybody into this 90 or 100-day window, here we go again. I don't have good clarity on really where my business is. And now all of a sudden, I go from having all this stuff in my short-term pipeline and four or five months later, my revenue is still the same. I haven't sold anymore. So it, it's amazing if you want to take the time and you really want to be committed to your success, you can start to kind of peel back these layers and figure out where you aren't being truthful with yourself within your metrics.
1: Well, and I think the other benefit to tracking your pipeline from the lens of your prospect. Versus your own, it allows you to cater your questions to where they're at in their thought process. We have to meet them where they're at. Just because we've given a demo, just because we've submitted a proposal, doesn't mean they've thought through everything that they need to think through. They could be stuck on something. And if we're not asking the right questions to help them get unstuck on that one thing, a deal is going to stall. It's not going to convert. And you're going to see, a lot of prospects stuck at the 75% or stuck at 90% that don't ever close. So going back to the bigger picture of our conversation today, metrics help us figure out where in our process we need to make adjustments. Absolutely. That's a big hiding spot that metrics can create
0: as well. We talked about this. I love the way a couple of my clients phrased it. There's an art and a science to metrics. That I love the way that was put. And the other way it was put was you have, to, you have to define metrics that more align with a marathon as opposed to the sprint. And I love that because it took into consideration our perspective as the salesperson, but that also takes into consideration the prospect's perspective and what conversations are most useful to me right now and why.
1: So if you're a sales manager or a leader in your organization listening to this right now, I'd ask you where are you not seeing the results that you want to see? Sure, yeah, revenue might not be where you want it to be. But is your team having conversations that just don't convert? Or are they not able to get those conversations? Because I think that question is going to help you dig into the areas that you need to further expand your metrics and tracking. So if they're not getting the conversations. Go back to the activity. Are they doing the things that you know will generate new conversations? Outreach, networking, and any other type of prospecting activity that you can think of to help increase their network and awareness. If they're getting the conversations and they're not converting, that would tell us that maybe they need some help Figuring out what questions to ask or not pressuring the prospect to move forward through the pipeline when they may not be ready for it. As a sales
0: leader, those metrics based on where my sales team is does allow me to have a level of confidence that we're giving them the right training and support based on what the metrics are telling us. It gives me a level of confidence that they have the ability to improve these metrics. So it does go... It can go as deep as a sales leader would need to go just based on extremely simple metrics because we can peel back that onion. We can keep peeling back that onion and figure out, okay, you're getting a lot of meetings. They're not moving forward. Is the activity not the good activity? Is the first conversation not the appropriate first conversation? I mean, you can really dig in. These simple metrics can tell you so much if you're just willing to dig in a little bit more.
1: And for our sales professionals listening, think about which metrics make you a little bit uneasy or where you think you may be hiding from the metrics.
0: Well, and that's why, too, I really like not defining my own. I like somebody to help me be a little bit more objective. And you know, it's funny, I get I don't get flack, but I get a lot of teasing around the metrics that I have, because I have metrics for everything, as you know, Kylie. But I have very simple metrics, right? Financial metrics that I measure, business metrics that I measure, health metrics that I measure. So I do think there is some level, I liked your word, like this is the one that makes me uncomfortable because I know it's going to be tougher for me to wrap my arms around and 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 start gravitating to and look at differently. So I'm a big fan of, you can't drink your own, your own Kool-Aid here. You got to have somebody help you figure out What are you trying to achieve? And then let's help you set the appropriate metrics, the ones that will really get you there versus the ones where you're just trying to stay in that comfort zone and they're probably not the right ones for you. And again, that's why our conversation around the evolution of it and what we're looking to accomplish, the financial business and health metrics I'm measuring today don't look anything like the ones I was measuring five years ago. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't.
1: Yeah. As your organization evolves, so should your metrics and tracking. Absolutely. Pam, what's a key takeaway that you want our listeners to get from this episode? So number one, what metrics have you identified
0: for yourself that equates to the health of your business so that that result can be there when it needs to be? But number two, how accurate is your tracking? Do you have clarity that the metrics that you're reporting on, the expectations that you're setting for yourself around these metrics, you can track with a level of confidence that the numbers that people see, the metrics that you see in sharing with others, they're real. Those would be my two takeaways. What are you measuring and do you know why? And number two, do you have solid peace of mind that they're accurate?
1: And my takeaway, what are you not measuring and why? You know, for me, our whole team wears a WHOOP, which if you don't know what a WHOOP is, it measures your vitals and some health metrics. And one of the metrics it measures is your sleep and recovery. And I was having such poor sleep results that I took it off because I didn't want to see the (laughs) the metrics anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> such a good example. It really I'm just gonna was. stop wearing this. I was like, I think it's a placebo effect. I'm coming in tired because my whoop is telling me I'm tired. Now I legitimately am not getting great sleep, and I have to figure out how to how to do something about it rather than just take it off and avoid the truth. And I've since put it back on and I use it regularly and I'm holding myself accountable to better sleep right now. But I had to go through that phase of recognizing. I'm not tracking this because it's making me uncomfortable and I don't want to have to do something about it. Don't want
0: to have to deal with the reality that it's telling me.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And you know what it means? It means I have to go to bed earlier. I've got to wake up consistently. I've got to make some behavior changes and that's uncomfortable. Absolutely. So what are you not measuring and why? Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's lappin one And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode?